Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 9, Episode 11. My name is Andy Valum and this is... Andy Cockerill. You're trying not to laugh. I'm trying not to laugh, which is normal. <laughs> which is uh, normal. And the thing that we are talking about this evening is... It's a movie. Uh, it's called First Cow. First Cow. This is, um, this is a, a post-Covid... Um, personally, post-Covid episode of Good Robot Andy's... Yes. Because I had COVID last week. I didn't. Have you had no, COVID already? I don't, I don't go out. No, you haven't had COVID at all. No, I haven't had it at all yet. Protecting yourself. Well, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, oh, it's, ine- it's inevitable at some point that I'm going to get it. It's 50% post-COVID episode. Um, it was it was like a nasty flu, listener. So I feel very grateful that it was like a nasty flu for me and I seem to be okay. Um, thanks, I imagine, to the vaccines that I had and the fact that the virus like as the population as a whole builds up immunity and the virus mutates into what appears to be less harmful variations fewer people are dying from it basically which is very good there's no guarantee that it won't mutate into something less harmful in the future more harmful no but in general sorry more harmful yes it's not particularly um, evolutionarily useful to like kill people willy-nilly so you know no uh, there's no pressure in that direction necessarily but that doesn't mean it won't happen randomly but, yeah. no but also a virus is not a sentient thing it's just it just wants to infect you and grow yeah but it doesn't it doesn't help it to spread by killing people basically true so, but know, it doesn't know particularly that. it's not particularly evolutionary pressure my point is it doesn't know that Yes, but that's the way evolution works, Andy. They, they think things tend to like proliferate if they are modified in some way that makes them better at proliferating. Yeah, like flu. Yeah. So flu, flu mutates. Yes, it does mutate. And yeah. mutation isn't caused by evolution. It's like one of the things that allows evolution. But yes. Um, yeah, if a virus, for example, mutates to immediately kill you doesn't get much of a chance to infect some other people so no indeed i mean if we look at ebola um that doesn't seem to have advanced very much purely because people die so quickly when they've got it it doesn't really spread very much yeah and we've also found some pretty good ways of treating it including like drinking loads of water yeah, that's interesting yeah like it turns out you, you mostly die of dehydration because it gives you diarrhea right um, so if you just have access to clean water and you can get enough water into you without throwing it up... You can survive. It, it seriously helps your chance of survival if you can get enough um, rehydration solution or water into you. Okay. Which is like a fantastic thing for the human race to learn. <laughs> it's helpful, but it doesn't solve the problem completely, but it's still, still good. Shall we talk Walking Dead? Y- uh, yes. Yes, let's okay. talk Walking Dead. So I'm not up to date with The Walking Dead. So I think I'm, I think I'm two episodes behind. You I are. Yeah. So, yeah. At time of recording, we are partway into the second tranche. I'm going to call it a tranche. A tranche is a good word. Yeah. Uh, the the final <laughs> season, season eleven, and we do trust it is the final season. <laughs> I think we do. Yeah. Um, it's been split into <clears throat> three eight episode tranches. Correct. And the second tranche is three episodes in. I've watched all three. I haven't. I've only watched the first one. I watched two of them. No, no. I watched the third one last night because it came only came out this week. So no spoilers. 
Uh-huh. I don't. I don't, don't think we can spoil it. I think we probably need to go through through this whole series when it's finished. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no spoilers we did, yet. We did a but, bit on this tra- on the previous tranche, didn't we? Didn't we do an episode on that? Uh, yeah, we did. Maybe we should do that when this tranche is do, finished. Yeah, when, when it's fresh in our finished, minds. Yeah. Um, so a a character at the end of episode one appears to leave the show, but then I had my my suspense was ruined by the fact that that character's coming back for a spin-off right. show right uh which is going to be called when you say episode um, one do you mean episode nine episode nine yeah uh, yeah the first episode of the second tranche 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 <laughs> tranche. tranche oh we're going with tranche are we tranche um so um yeah that character is going to come back with another character sigh so I guess that they are not going... Those two characters that I'm referring to are not going to be killed off at the end of the series. The, so here's my feeling. I'm, no spoilers. Just yes. my sense of... Uh, I have an abiding love for Walking Dead, which means that I'm going to watch whatever they put out, no matter how bad it is. Yeah. But there is no jeopardy in this series. No, no one... There's no... Like, there's so many characters, most of them I care not two hoots about, and even those ones don't get killed. The ones that I actually care about just don't have the slightest chance of anything. There's a scene in series one where the character of Aaron, who's got like a metal arm, Mm -hmm. um, survives what should be um, a fatal incident. Mm Mm-hmm. Inexplicably manages to survive it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no sense of jeopardy. When you say series one, do you mean episode nine of series eleven? Sorry, yeah, episode nine of the second tranche. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Exactly. That's a perfect example. Like, I don't even care about him. No, I'd be, I'd be quite happy if he died. I also, I've also realised as I'm speaking, I don't feel any danger for the emotional well-being of any of these characters. If you think about the major characters that I do care about, they've gone through so much emotional trauma. Yeah. And proven themselves to be completely hardened to everything, that I just don't even feel like their feelings are going to get hurt, or they're going to be disappointed in someone. Or, and they're just so rock that yeah, there's nothing, nothing can touch them. No, indeed. And there's there's a again there's a scene at the end of that episode, episode nine, when Maggie does something quite hardcore and unpleasant. And, just and that's like, the point yeah. where the other character says, I don't want you to do that to me, mm-hmm. and leaves the show. Or does he? No, no, he doesn't, is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, yep, yeah, Maggie would do that. Yep. Yeah, it, it's in her nature to do that. I think it's not, I don't think it was in her nature when she joined, actually, when oh, she no. joined the show, she was living in a farmhouse with her father who was stockpiling zombies in the in the barn. Yeah. Yeah, well, she she's, she's definitely had her character arc. The fact <clears throat> is, the thing is that she's just got to the end of it. And so many of those characters, they've just got to the end of their character arc where they're now just badasses. Yeah. And there's nothing... And if you look at some of the other people who had character arcs, like I can't remember the name of the uh, lady whose sister got killed and she nearly kind of fell apart. And then she became like, you know, she she became a kind of a badass. I can't remember now. Forgot her name. Anyway, that was probably about <clears throat> season five or six or something. Anyway, okay, so when it was treading water quite badly. Right. Anyway, the yeah. point is, she had a character arc where when she became a badass, that wasn't kind of the end of the arc. You know, mm. it was like, 
actually you're trying too hard or blah 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 or certainly something like that but these characters like Daryl Carol um uh Maggie they're just they've just completed the journey to invincibility yeah absolutely yeah and I think Aaron's there as well even though like I said even though we don't care about him very much. I don't care about him very much I think he's a bit of a wet blanket Aaron actually <laughs> he's, he's a bit... can he be a wet blanket and a badass at the same time <laughs> I'm not sure that he is a, all that much of a badass I know he's got a metal arm but yeah. I think he's a bit of a wet he's a bit of a wet teabag <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so it, it um, there is that listener. It basically, if you weren't, if you didn't already love The Walking Dead, I wouldn't recommend starting with season eleven. No, not that you would. Although, I mean, having said all that, I do, I do still find it to be incredibly entertaining. Yeah, I still love it. I still, and I actually think that the um, the previous season and this one have been pretty strong. Overall, right. I just um, I yeah. can't get past what I'm describing to even really think about that, right? No, okay. It's just yeah. you know, it's just. But I still, I still, you know, get excited when there's a new episode out. I still yeah, watch it. definitely, definitely. So when you've watched some more yeah. episodes, we'll talk about the the fact that they've decided to really lean into a particular particular thing. Uh, well, and I think when we've both finished this tranche. <laughs> then we should uh, do a podcast about it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. by that point, we might have a more rounded opinion of this particular thing that I'm that they yeah then into. Yeah, I mean, they might actually, um, you know, start to develop it. Or maybe yeah, not. maybe maybe there's not something non-obvious about this thing that they're leaning into. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we will see. That's probably enough. Mysterious. That's probably enough. Walking Dead. Yeah, as we've gone off for ten minutes now. Yeah. <laughs> Right, first cow. Really are, you tell, are you going to tell me what first cow is all about? Yeah, so without having ever heard of it before, or seen it, or knowing anything about it except the title, um, I can tell you this is a rollicking Disney adventure about a cow um, that's huge. First. And, yeah, it's the first cow, and <laughs> it, it's like it's really big and and bouncy, like a great big balloon. Okay, and. Um, uh, you know, can be scary, but it, but fundamentally is a good and faithful friend to all of the tiny little people that um, that I don't know discovered it, and uh, you know comes around to save them from a disaster that's going to befall their village. Do they eat it at the end? They don't eat it at the end. It's their friend. But it's a cow. What else yeah. are they going to do with it? Well. It's going to stay and defend their village against any other disasters that might befall them. <laughs> okay, so what we've got here is a revisionist cow movie. There's <clears throat> this cow that's not actually a um, a farm animal. It's like a, no. a ninja. Well, it's like a monster, right? They're, they're okay. terrified of it initially. It's huge. Yeah, a huge cow. Bounces around. Um but eventually, you know, they become his friend. And did it, you dream this when you had COVID? Just out of interest. <laughs> First fever dream cow. Fever dream cow. <laughs> so it's not that. Okay. It's not that. It's I'm not a rollicking. To... I don't think we've I, ever you know, I actually, actually believe had... that really happened. <laughs> yes. I don't think we've ever actually had a rollicking Disney adventure as one of our films. No, I, but, I, I don't yeah. think so. 
I don't think we have. We've had some animated films. We have had some animated films, yeah. Maybe we'll have one soon, but I'll talk about that later. You tend to pick things that you feel need more promotion, right? So Disney films rarely need more promotion. No, they get plenty of promotion, yeah. So this one uh, is a 2019 American drama film Mm -hmm. directed by Kelly Reichard, who I haven't heard of, but having looked at her back catalogue, there's a few things in there that I've heard people talk about or maybe read reviews of. Okay. Um, so, well-regarded indie filmmaker, Kelly mm-hmm. Reichard. Is this an um, indie film? It is. Uh, mm-hmm. A screenplay by Reichard and Jonathan Raymond based on Raymond's novel, The Half-Life. It stars John Magaro, Ryan Lee, Toby Jones, who is awesome, mm-hmm. who was in... Um, Detectorists. Have you seen Detectorists? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, is he the funny-looking bloke? Yeah, he's the funny-looking he, bloke. Funny-looking bloke. Yeah. The one that's not Mackenzie Crook. Oh, I love Detectorists. Yeah, the actually, yeah, they are both funny-looking. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love Detectorists. It's amazing. What a hidden I gem. Think, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, it was a BBC Four show. I think largely unseen by most people. Mm. Um, I came into it much later on in its run, and I just loved it. I thought it was one of the greatest things I'd ever seen. Yeah, I discovered it very late as well. Yeah, just such a gentle show about oddball people being yeah. oddballs. Really. Beautifully made sometimes. Yeah, lovely, yeah, beautifully shot. Yeah. Um, also stars Ewan Bremner, Scott Shepard, Gary Farmer and Lily Gladstone. Um, at its world premiere at the Telluride Film Festival in August 2019 in the Before Times mm. was selected... For the Golden Bear was in the that main the competition. Times? Yeah, 2019. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah, 2019 was a long time ago. Yeah. Yes, a long time ago. Uh, it was selected for main competition at the 70th Berlin International Film Festival. It was theatrically released in the United States on in March 2020. So that was very much then, when then COVID was really kicking off in the now times. Uh, by A24, who are a production company and distribution company. Uh, subsequent released on VOD or on-demand platforms in July 2020 and was critically acclaimed. Uh, named by the New York, Fiti- New York Critics Circle Awards uh, as one of the best films of 2020. Okay, so I immediately think it sounds quite earnest. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah it definitely is. You're so, going to have to um, win me over then. Okay, I, w- I will attempt to do so. I think I think having Toby Jones in it may be enough to win you over. But yeah, it could be. Could be. We'll see. Uh, so, the film opens in the present day. Um, a woman walking her dog on the riverside discovers two skeletons lying together in a shallow grave. And we mm-hmm. then have a flashback to 1820 mm-hmm. to a cook who is named Otis who is travelling with a bunch of really loud, boorish fur trappers in Oregon, uh, in the United States. So that's Pacific Northwest United States, uh, who harass him for not bringing them enough food, not cooking them enough food, and generally give him a hard time. Mm-hmm. And one night he comes across a character called King Lu, who was a Chinese immigrant on the run. Uh, he's killed a Russian man in a fight, and he's now on the run. And right. Cookie allows Lu to hide in his tent for the night and watches him escape across the river the next day. 
Okay. Um, so they then, Cookie then breaks up with his bunch of boorish um, men and goes it alone. And he reaches an outpost and finds Lou babysitting an infant in the middle of a bar fight, which is un- quite a nice scene, and okay. invites him to his house. That sounds uh, Cookie, random. It, yeah, I suppose it is a bit of a random meeting, yeah. Um, no, just Cookie, generally, it seems like a lot of random events are happening one after the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But life is random, isn't it? And yeah. the, the thing is, is that at that time, that area, I imagine that area is still fairly sparsely populated, but at that time it would have been very sparsely populated. So it's very likely that you would run into the same person more than once. Where did you say it was? Uh, it's Oregon. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so Cookie moves into his house. He learns that Lou is thinking about having a farm while Cookie talks about opening a bakery or a hotel in San Francisco. So there's a lot of talk about that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. it's very bucolic, this film. What does that mean? It means sort of of the country. It's very countrified. Okay. It's very much people living off the land and okay, okay. trying to make a living out of it kind of thing. Right, 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 right. Um, meanwhile, the outpost's first cow has arrived. Right. A dairy, a dairy cow. Okay. Arrives on a, a raft. It's not a monster. Okay. No, they don't worship it. Okay. Um, her mate and calf died on the journey, so she's all alone, which is right. sad. Yeah. And she is left unattended at night just outside of the house of the wealthiest English trader in town, played by Toby Jones. Right. Who plays a a very proud, quite annoying man who mm-hmm. talks a lot about his possessions and the fact that this is the only cow in the area and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. He's quite irritating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Lou, he laments the fact that poor men don't stand a, cha- don't stand a chance to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and together they decide to steal the cow's milk so to make, who, who together? Uh, Cookie and Lou so not, they, not Toby Jones no not Toby Jones it's his cow stealing it from steal Toby the milk. Jones yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, they decide to steal the cow's milk mm-hmm. to make buttermilk biscuits to mm-hmm. sell mm-hmm. and uh, so this is what they do so every night they go to his cow, and Lou looks out because he doesn't know how to milk a cow. He's the lookout, and Cookie milks the cow. And then the next day, they go to the marketplace in the town. It's not really a town, it's like a settlement outpost, mm-hmm. yeah. And they make buttermilk biscuits. And these are a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Like they have queues going, going round the corner to come and buy them. Mm-hmm. And one day, the, um, Toby Jones's character comes along and has one and says, "This is, this is a, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you make this out here?" And they, they basically lie about the fact that it's got the milk from his cow in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Toby Jones, who I said is a very, a very proud man and wants to make an an impression. He, he approaches them and asks Cookie to make a clafouti. Now, do you know what a clafouti is? No. Okay. So a clafouti is uh, fruit 
it can be any fruit, but actually uh, the classic is um, cherries mm-hmm. in uh, suspended in a batter, and then you cook it in the oven. Okay. It's very nice. A clafu tea. I make okay. a good clafu tea. Okay. Uh, it was very unusual. Uh, I beg your pardon? Do you use cherries? I uh, Yes. Right. Okay. You can use blueberries. You can use any fruit you want, but cherries have that sort of um, sharpness that you want, the mm-hmm. slightly bitterness, um, uh, which is the favourite of a local captain he wants to impress okay. at their next meeting. So they're like, well, he's asking us to do this, so we should probably do it right um uh the 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 captain then comments that despite i'm trying to do a toby jones impression (laughs) despite this cow having a very high quality it produces very little milk he says there's just never anything there Mm -hmm. and cookie and lou are sort of doing a double take and thinking well we probably should probably go now and Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so uh, when the captain and the chief take Cookie and Lou to see the cow, the cow recognises Cookie, of course, mm-hmm, and yeah. nuzzles him. It's like, oh, hello, you're back. Mm-hmm. And this is, no- this is noted by Toby Jones. He doesn't say yeah. anything, but he can see that there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, they think that they're okay, though, and they go back to milk the cow that night. Mm-hmm. But a man at the estate comes out to um, put the cat out and he sees Cookie milking the cow. It's the first time he's ever been seen. What they should have done is um, like Taking confessed to Toby Jones. <laughs> yes, and, like, so made we've been a doing this. Deal with him. Yes. He's a we've been doing man. this. We're very sorry, um, but can we carry on doing it and you can take a cut of the biscuits? You, you share the profit and also you share the glory. Yes. It's your cow. He's going to love Your amazing that. cow, yeah. But they don't do that because actually they're not that smart. Right. You know, they're good at stealing stuff and they're, they're good at being a bit dodgy, but they're not actually that clever. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they get chased hither and thither and yon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually they get caught and um, uh, Lou escapes... Cookie, well, actually, they do escape, but they have to go round the houses to get there. But eventually, um, they run out of food, mm-hmm. and they they die in the wilderness, and they die next to each other. Mm-hmm. So these are the skeletons that were found at the beginning of the film. Yeah, and then the film ends. Okay. Yeah. So it was all a flashback. Uh, yes, all a big flashback. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, and, uh, this is an example of slow cinema. Okay. So it Sounds is, it. it's two hours long. <laughs> okay. Um, I've described pretty much everything that happens in the film. Right. And you could say that actually that's not a lot. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> but I really enjoy, I really, really enjoyed this. It is contemplative cinema. I think that if you were to show it to any of your children, I think probably if I were to show it to my eldest son, he would be utterly, utterly bored by it because, mm-hmm. you know, for for a lot of the time, there's nothing happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you are, if you're prepared to, um, to give it some time, 
it was very rewarding. So is it is it earnest? Are you supposed to be having all kinds of earnest thoughts while you're watching um, this slow thing? Or are you just supposed to kind of relax and enjoy? Relax and enjoy. Okay, okay. Yeah, definitely a relax and enjoy film. Um, I think uh, Toby Jones isn't in it very much. He's very much a supporting character, mm-hmm. but he is terrific. So, so you, I think you're going to have to tell me what you were enjoying about it. Okay, I enjoyed the slowness of it. Okay, you're going to have to give me a bit more than that. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the cinematography because I mean it's slow to just sit and look at the wall, right? Yeah, but you're not looking at a wall. You're looking at some nice okay, cinematography. Looking you're nice looking things. at a nice story about a couple of couple of blokes on the lamb who may or may not have a bit of a romance going on. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. And you get Toby Jones in a supporting role. And he's terrific. And uh, you get a a little potted look at what life was like on the frontier in Oregon in 1820. Mm -hmm. And it was a hard life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you resort to stealing milk from a cow to go and make biscuits. Mm -hmm. Then you get caught. Then you die in the wilderness. Yes. And that's the end. That's the end. Yeah. Um. Mm. Yeah, it's good stuff. I really liked it. But I, I can sense that you're not we're not won over. <clears throat> Maybe there's not enough exploding helicopters. No, yeah. I mean uh I like you know, I like some things that are slow, probably. Do I? I don't know. I don't know. I mean uh, uh, two thousand and one I, I find pretty hard to watch. Because it's slow. Yeah. You know, it's good, but, you know. Just every <clears throat> shot could be half the length. So, that's First Cow. I think that's okay. probably the first time that you've not been all that enthusiastic. Actually, you, maybe you weren't that enthusiastic about Foxcatcher. That was a long time ago, 2015. Maybe. I mean, I, yeah. I, I try to be polite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so far I can't, you know, I kind of, I don't know. I can't see what it's got to offer, but I guess, what you know, what it's got to offer is... Difficult to put into words. Yes, I think it is. I think, uh, yeah. So, to recap, it is a story about two men who may or may may or may not be in a romantic relationship. It's a story about people on the frontier. It's got some nice character work in it, and it's very slow. <laughs> it's it's very slow and contemplative. So their like their to. relationship with each other is that fun. It is fun, yeah, because they're both kind of useless in a way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Although Cookie can make a good biscuit, mm-hmm. um, Lou can't really do much, although he is a solid businessman. So I suppose that's the thing. Cookie's doing the cooking. Lou is drumming up business to sell biscuits. Okay, so here's the question then. Could, yes. Do you have any idea why the, why there's the, the jogger finding the skeletons? Like, what, what, does that, what does that do to the story? Well, it kind of does, um, it doesn't really help at all, to be honest. Oh, right. <laughs> so yeah. it just fails. Okay. You so. could quite easily come into this story in 1820 and just finish it in 1820 and, and it would be fine. Okay. So yeah. you didn't I think, feel, do yeah. you, what did you think it was trying to add? You know, why did they bother? I think it was trying to add a mystery that you had, that would unfold as the film went on. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's like, you know, how do these two bodies get here kind of thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you eventually find out. Mm-hmm. 
but actually it's not quite as exciting as you thought it was going to be. And is maybe that the point? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, actually, these two people who were there were actually there because they wanted to be together. Okay, okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, okay. maybe. So um, there we go. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's trying to... Uh, Build a sense of history. Yes. So I think that's, not, that's reasonable. It's not just about now. There's also this stuff that happened then. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I'm i not sure whether you'd like it or not, but I think listener, depending on who listener is, would probably mm. enjoy it. There's some nice fiddle work, actually, by Stephen Maltmus, who is, who was one of the founding members of a band called Pavement, that you may mm-hmm. have heard of. I've heard yeah. of him. So he plays some nice um, fiddle. Okay, you haven't talked much about soundtrack generally, but that must be important. Yeah, I don't remember a lot about it, actually. So the actual soundtrack, I don't remember a lot about it, but he is like playing fiddle live in the outpost and he's very good. I see, I see. Definitely spotted that. Okay, I wonder whether if you watched it again and thought about it, you'd realise the music was important or, or not. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, I probably would watch this again. It, I did enjoy it. <clears throat> yeah. Music was by William Tyler. Okay. That I don't really remember it. Cool. Well, listen, if you um if you watch this, I'm interested in your thoughts, especially I'm interested in your thoughts about what it meant and what was going on behind it. There mm. might be some other story. Um so it has a 96% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Which reads First Cal finds director Kelly Reichard revisiting territory and themes that will be familiar to fans of her previous work with typically rewarding results. So it's popular. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's <clears throat> high. It is high. Yeah. Yeah, very high. Um, at the end of 2020, 119 critics ranked the film in their top 10 lists, including 18 ranking it first and 20 ranking it second. I wouldn't place it that high. Wow. That's but it that is good. of that year? Yes, of that year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it is very good. Okay. I mean, it definitely sounds like this. I'm missing something. Maybe it might just be my description of slow <laughs> cinema that maybe put you off. But it definitely is slow. <laughs> have you been watching anything else recently yes so we finished the north water which i talked about on pods in the past we Mm -hmm. finished that which was very good had a good solid ending um although colin farrell's character who i thought had to be killed off in the final episode was killed off in the final episode but i was hoping he'd be pulled about pulled apart by horses or something just horrendous happened to him because he's such an awful character Mm -hmm. but his death was kind of a a bit not very fitting for what he did to everybody else in the film if you in the in the tv show Mm -hmm. uh but good show very very impressive um we started watching the tourist with jamie dornan as a bbc yeah we thought about watching that it's good okay it's It's like Uh, a little bit funny yeah, the tone the tone is interesting mm-hmm. in that... There's someone who wakes up and doesn't know who he is. Yes, exactly. And it is quite funny and quite... 
irreverent. It's mm-hmm. very. I mean, it's got a very Australian sense of humour to it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's good. Uh, we also started watching. This is going to hurt, which is the BBC amazing adaptation of um, a book written by a NHS doctor. It's amazing. I love it. Which was amazing, but uh, with the caveat that if you have been through a difficult birth as a woman, yeah. or you've yeah. witnessed one, there's definitely triggering moments. Or anything. I mean, anything birth-related or baby-related. there's a lot of it. Serious serious warning, yeah. He's a doctor on a maternity ward. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a lot of that. So if you feel particularly triggered by that, then just kind of be warned, really. Yeah, I wouldn't go go near it with a barge pole. Well, I don't know. I I don't know. But you have to be aware that it's coming, really. I think that's the important thing. But it is very good. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is really... It is really good, but it doesn't attempt to uh, be sensitive to you if you have any kind of trauma in that area. So. No, it presents the whole thing completely dispassionately. Like, this is what happens. Yeah, and it's been criticised for being like a male, male-centred male male view. Yes. Or even misogynistic. I didn't find it misogynistic, but, you know, what do I I know? didn't either. I found it actually, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure maybe you can relate to this. We've both got several children mm-hmm. um, that we've probably encountered various doctors and specialists over the years who don't have a great bedside manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, there was stuff in this that was very familiar to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The way that people talk to you when you're in hospital. Yeah. It's like you're just a piece of meat kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So yeah. that was... And some yeah, of the pressures. And, you know, so in the end, I feel like it was like a love letter to the NHS... Yeah, absolutely. We've only Despite watched one episode so far. Oh, so. well, okay. Yeah. I won't say any more. Uh, what else? I binged watching? it. I completely binged Did it. Did you? Okay. Yeah. The other thing we've been watching on Disney Plus is a controversial show called Pam and Tommy. Right. Which is all about Pamela Addison and Tommy Lee and the infamous tape that was stolen from mm-hmm. his house, from Tommy Lee's house, and then made its way... Uh, to the very fledgling internet for sale. Mm. Mm. Um, it's a controversial show because although they they tried to get consent from Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, they didn't get consent from either mm-hmm. of them to tell this right. story. Right. So they've done it without their consent. So therefore, you just don't really know whether what you're seeing is true or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. They're presenting facts as maybe they've understood them as a third party rather than getting them straight from the horse's mouth, as it as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so although it is a good show, the production values are really good. I think the performances are fantastic. Everything in it is to be taken with a large pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pamela Anderson has gone on record just recently to say, I didn't support this, I didn't consent to it, um, and I'm bringing out a net... Uh, a documentary on Netflix that's going to address all of this and more. Right. So, so that's quite exciting because even though she, even though they haven't endorsed it and they haven't um, been involved in it, I think it is a love letter to Pamela Anderson and you know a person who was vilified and um, was kind of a figure of fun for mm-hmm. quite a long time. But actually, she's not 
having read up about her and seen her interviewed, she's not a dumb blonde. She's a smart person who tried to have some agency about her career and her life, mm. and that was kind of trampled on by people. Mm. Um, so there's a scene in this where... Actually, it's not a scene, it's a whole episode where Penthouse magazine, who had run some stills from the tape, mm-hmm. uh, and then Tommy Lee and Pamela Aronson then sued Penthouse for running those stills, and then Penthouse countersued them <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, wanted her to come in and make a deposition, you know, um, before the, before a trial, which she does, and then the whole episode is just them basically just tearing her down psychologically it's brutal absolutely right. brutal right. Um, and the performances are all really strong so I feel that it is basically a love letter to her mm-hmm. um, it treats her very well it's very even handed it, it it treats Tommy Lee like he's a complete doofus and he doesn't know what you know his ass from his elbow kind of thing right. um, it's a good show so we've been watching that we've also been watching The Curse on Channel 4 Right, yes. We watched, I think, one episode of that. Yeah. It didn't quite grab us. So I quite enjoy that. I think the writing's very strong. So it's a comedy about some inept robbers in the... Yeah, some dodgy geezers, yeah. In the 80s, 70s? Yes, 80s, I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got a lot of 80s music in it. It's very much of of this 80s nostalgia... Yes. ...wave. Yes. Uh, So we quite like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've been watching um, Canadian Bake Off. Oh, yeah. Uh, because the first two series of that, one of the hosts is Dan Levy. So, ah, right, right, right. So, you know, okay. he's, oh, that, he's always Fifth good Creek. Yes. Yeah. We, um, I've been watching a bit, of, um, a bit more of Money Heist on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is well and truly jumped the shark. Basically, it was, it oh, was two seasons. It was it, the, the first storyline. Is was this two a Spanish seasons. show? Money yeah, 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 yeah. Spanish. Um, the first season, the first storyline was two seasons. Ended at the end of season two. Very much ended. Like they, there was a big heist. It's really fun. I think I've talked about it on the show before. You have, yeah. And and then it went on to season three anyway, and just they just have to do another heist for some obscure reason. And. So it it completely knows it's jumped the shark, but it's totally fine, and I really like it. Um, uh, we've also started watching the new series of Killing Eve, which also we haven't, we haven't started watching that. Has that jumped right, the shark? Right, right. So it that jumped the shark a couple of seasons ago, I'd say. And yeah, I think now, you're right. Now it feels a little bit unhinged and free to do what it likes <laughs> because it's okay. already too late kind of thing. So that's been okay. I think, this is I the think. final season, so they may be just going for broke. So it's a little bit unhinged, which it always was a slightly unhinged show. So, you know, that kind of makes sense. Um, so, so far it's kind of reasonably entertaining. Is uh, is Kim Bodnia back as Eve's handler? Um, Maybe not in the... The Russian episode. bloke? Yes. Um. Uh, he he's in it a bit. He hasn't been in it much. Because I think he's at good. the end of the last season, <clears throat> he ends up in hospital, and <clears throat> the um a nurse or a doctor says to him, "Are you all right, sir?" And he just starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the most brilliant pieces of um 
you know, laughing at the absurdity of the fact that someone's asking him if he's okay <laughs> because he's just been attacked by an assassin and nearly killed. He's good. And uh, uh, Sandra O oh is still very good. Yeah, she's great. And the lady who plays Villanelle is still... Jodie Comer. Uh, very good. And the older lady who's um, who works at MI6 forgotten who plays her who, yes. she's just awesome i forget i forget that actress is still now. she's very yeah. much still in it and good. fiona shaw right, 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 right yeah um so you know it's still good um what else we've we been watching i've been watching something else we've been watching a bit of crashing oh yeah that's good that that's a few years old now isn't it on channel yeah. four yeah which is made by phoebe waller bridge i want to say i didn't realize that okay um who then went on to make Fleabag. Fleabag, which is amazing. So you can see everything, all the coolness that she brought to Fleabag, it's actually there in Crashing. It's, I didn't um, realise she was involved in that. There's a couple of actors in that who, actually I think maybe two or three actors in that who went on to do bigger things after that. Right. And then um, and, and yeah. what I didn't know is that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is an executive producer on Killing Eve. Which yes. maybe explains Well, she was the, the producer on the first series. She wrote and produced the first series. Right, right, right. And right. then so, stepped back uh, to do something else. Right, right, right. So, yeah. yeah, some of the coolness of that first series maybe is down to her. Yeah. She brings yeah. the cool. She's got a good ear for dialogue. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And she's happy to overstep the mark. Yes. Yeah, oh, the other, thing, the other thing we've started watching is something called... Alice. On oh, I've heard that's good. Yes. Which is a Korean time travel sci fi drama. Okay. Uh, and so far, we are sticking with it, which implies it must be pretty good. Alice. Good. Yes. Hmm. Okay, it's no, I, d- I don't know that. I was thinking of something else. Yeah, it's yeah. a time travel, time travel sci fi. Okay. I do like a bit of timey wimey wibbly wobbly. Yeah, so it's got a bit of that. It's got a bit of that. Uh, two other things. Uh-huh. Um, I watched Dune with my oldest son. Right. Uh, the recent who, one, presumably. Pardon? Yes, the recent one yeah. that we went to see. Two things to take from it are mm-hmm. watching it on a smaller screen is not great. Right. So um, I really missed watching it on the IMAX with that mm-hmm. massive screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, soundtrack was still good. Very strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh but my son was, was like, I wasn't really sure what to think of it. You know, I thought it was going to be like um, like Game of Thrones in space, but actually it wasn't really Game of Thrones in space. And then I'd, I could have done without half an hour of walking through the desert at the end. So needless to say, I haven't spoken to him since then. Um, he's dead to me at the moment. He's not. He's not. That's why you started doing impressions of him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so uh, he didn't really like it but we did watch uh, Steven Spielberg's version of West Side Story on Saturday okay. night which we all really enjoyed Okay. Um, so it hasn't been updated to the present day uh, it's still set in the same time period that the original is set in so 1950s New York um, but uh, doesn't have white people in blackface anymore which is always a bonus mm-hmm. for, any, for any film and uh, I thought it had, it brought 21st century energy to, to that story. I really enjoyed it. And okay. it's directed it, by Steven it, Spielberg. So it's technically it flawless. Yeah, it came out last year. 
Right, okay. okay. Yeah. Technically flawless, just looks incredible. Not sure why you'd remake West Side Story. Um, yeah, I mean, it is basically almost the same film as the Robert Wise version, but with, obviously, a different cast and with modern technology. And mm-hmm. but, it, but it is still a long movie. Mm-hmm. And it still suffers from the same problems that that film did, and, and presumably the stage play does, in that when the big moment, when the big fight happens, after that, everything else is a bit of an anticlimax. Right, right. If you know what I mean. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's still impressive. Yeah. We, we also watched a film, and I don't remember what it was, so oh if that comes back to me, I'll tell you about <laughs> it. It was okay, I think. Okay. Maybe that's why yeah, you don't remember it, it. Yeah. 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 So, any plugging? Any plugging? No. No plugging. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. No plugging. So, um, I thought if you wanted to, we could talk about what you were trying to do today related to my work. Are you interested oh. in talking about that? Yes, I am, actually. So, my work yeah. is, is to do with the Matrix Protocol, which is like an instant messaging thing. But you were trying to set up some of the stuff that my... Um, company and open source project um, yes. w- makes. Yes. So um, today, uh, in actually very short time, um, I set up a Synapse server, which is a matrix messaging server. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I set that up in a Kubernetes, in my own Kubernetes cluster, a single node cluster, um, and it just worked. And so, what does it do, this server? So what this server does, let me let me see if I understand this properly. So Matrix is actually maybe you can explain what Matrix or Synapse are, and then I I'll can try. explain what the server does. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, Matrix is uh, messaging like WhatsApp or something like that, except you don't have to just connect to one company like WhatsApp or Signal or Slack or someone like that, like one person who's who runs the show. You can set up your own server. Or you can connect to one of the lots of different servers that are out there on the internet, and they can all talk to each other. So you can choose who to trust. You don't have to trust this one person who often is located in US, which means the US government has special authority to um, make them do stuff, to give up your data and things like that. So that's what Matrix is. Yep. So uh, Synapse is an implementation of a Matrix server. I think it's produced by Matrix Synapse. It, yeah, it's 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 most of the the people who work on it work at Element, which is my company. Right. Um, but the cop- the copyright all belongs to, or I'm pretty sure all. Yeah, I think all belongs to the Matrix Foundation, which is the charity that looks after Matrix. Right. Okay. Element is like the company that you know pays people to work on Matrix. One of the one of the several companies that pays people to work on Matrix, um, but the one that. That, that contains the people who started the whole thing and therefore is, you know, um, one of the, definitely one of the companies that contributes the most to Matrix okay. at the moment. So what I wanted to see today, in a very simple way, was whether I could set up a Synapse server quickly and then <clears throat> if I could then turn on what's known, what's known as Federation. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have Federation, then your Synapse, your Matrix server just sits there on its own people can register to it you can Mm -hmm. register on it Mm -hmm. Uh, you can all chat together but you can't connect to the outside world and the outside world can't connect to you is that correct 
That is correct. And that is actually yes. potentially very useful, right? So if you yes. wanted, for example, within your company or within your house, say, mm. to just be able to talk to each other and not be worried about anyone else getting in there, you can yeah. just set up one. By the way, people te element tend to pronounce it synapse, even though the word is definitely synapse. normally pronounced synapse. It's so synapse. don't ask me. Don't ask because, me. Because they, that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so what I did is I set it up unfederated to see if I could actually just get it working, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which I could. Mm -hmm. And then I looked at how to turn on federation, uh, which I struggled with for a while until I found the documentation that said, oh, you just need to put a single line in your config file that says um, y you trust your federation through your matrix server. So your matrix server does the port forwarding. You don't right, need to do right, anything right. else. Okay, so, you, so I turned yeah, okay. that on. I tested the federation from the Matrix website, and it worked. Yeah, and it worked because I was then able to speak to you, yes. even though I was signed into the Matrix.org server, which is a huge um, home server that I use to talk to all my colleagues and stuff. And then I was able to talk to you, even though you were signed into this my little server one. that you just created. Yes. It's amazing and that it, was it amazing. works, isn't it? I was amazing it's so that, amazing that it works. It was, And the documentation is very good. Uh, the Docker uh, image that I used is tiny and hardly uses any resources at all. Nice. Um, I'm using a built-in database that comes with it, but they say you should use an external database if it's yeah, running Yeah, you definitely shouldn't, you shouldn't use SQLite for anything proper, yeah. No. Um, so I was very impressed with it, actually. Yeah. I'm really pleased, because obviously that's pretty exciting to me, because I'm getting more and more enthusiastic about Matrix the more I learn about it. Um, mm. so it's very exciting. It's a very difficult technical challenge to write a network that works in this way where there's no one in control. Yeah. But if you can make it work, it's a, it's way better. If you imagine there's so many places where you need to talk to each other securely and you don't want to have to trust someone that you just don't know who they are. You'd rather run the thing yourself. So yeah. now you can. So when um, I say you, I mean like <clears throat> say a, a government or a, a company or an organization, or, yeah, exactly, or something like that. Yeah, you know, there's so many places. So the the one of the things, one of the cool things that um, my company's been doing during the Ukraine crisis that's been, well, the invasion of Ukraine that's been happening, um, is that a charity has been setting up secure messaging within Ukraine and also trying to do it within Russia for Russian distance and things. Mm. Um, and my company's been doing free work to help them get that stuff set up. Um, to try and help people have a way of communicating that can't very easily be taken down by uh, the the Russian forces or things like that. So it's cool to be working for a company that's tr doing its best to make a technology that actually makes the world a better place in a small way. Yes, 100%. that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's really impressive. Yeah, so I was very impressed with it. And the next thing I want to try um, over the next few days is a WhatsApp bridge. Right, right, right. <clears throat> um, which is going to be, I think, a bit of a challenge. But um, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. so I I use a bridge, but I use one that's set up by my company. I haven't had to do any of the work to, to get it running. I don't know right. how hard it is. I, I don't get the impression it's particularly hard. So but yeah, what that means is that it yeah. signs in to WhatsApp as you, and then you're able to send messages through Matrix, which end up which come out on people's WhatsApp at the other end. Um. So you can you can essentially like include WhatsApp in the whole world of matrix servers that can all talk to each other. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so I could I could carry on using Matrix, uh, but I'd be able to talk to my 
in-laws or whatever on WhatsApp. Yeah, and that's um, actually what I'm doing now. I, I talk to people on Signal and WhatsApp yeah. through through my Matrix account, and most of the time it works reasonably well. Okay, so it's not it's not without flaws. No, I would not say it is without problems, but I right. would say that it's okay. mostly okay. Yeah. Uh, the issue with WhatsApp is <clears throat> is that you... <clears throat> you're not allowed to send any messages in WhatsApp unless you use their web UI. Um, it's it's against their terms of service to do that. So you've got to be logged in somewhere to WhatsApp in order to actually use it. Yeah, um, and and it, like there have been stories of people who got blocked from WhatsApp because they were using this bridge, but right, uh, it hasn't happened to me. It it doesn't happen routinely. I can say that for sure because. Um, we wouldn't be offer our company offers it as a service, yeah. right? Okay, it seems to work. Yeah, so I liked it. I thought it was a solid experience. I had it up and running very quickly. Um, it's good. That's yeah. very exciting. Yeah, and obviously you don't have to use Synapse because it's completely an open standard. I'm going to stop waffling on about. There's this several thing, more. Well, there's a, several more versions, isn't there? It's yeah. an open standard, so there's lots of different servers you can use, and and well, there's several different servers you can use, and there are lots of clients you can use. So instead of just being limited to, you have to use the WhatsApp app or the Signal app or whatever, um, to use Matrix, you can use one of many different Android apps that are available that all talk to each other, and lots of different web apps and desktop apps and all kinds of things. So yep. the fact that it's properly open and stuff means that it's that it gives real advantages to real people, right? Because you can choose the app that suits you. Yes, exactly, yeah. And you can still talk to your friends who prefer a different app. Yes. It's but you like totally cool. Yeah, it's very good. I like it. <laughs> I like so it. if you want to find out more, so here's my plugging now, now that I've got you to plug for me. Okay. <laughs> my plugging is I'm doing a talk next month in April um, at the ACCU conference, which if, you, if you're a long-time listener, you'll have heard me talk about ACCU conference before. Um, but this year at ACCU, I'm talking about Matrix and uh, some of the details of how those messages get sent back and forth and stuff like that. So nice, nice. If you're interested in that, come along to the ACCU conference well, in person well, or online. Oh, will it in be in Bristol. person? Will there be people? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. It's going to be real. There's going to be real people in Bristol in the UK, early April, talking programming. It's going to be like like the before times i'm really looking before forward to it. i hope times. it i hope it happens i really hope it happens well i hope it does because it actually be good to um come and say hello yeah <clears throat> well i, I just, don't live very I, far from bristol i live in glastonbury street down by the wells down by the wells yeah I, I just really like um being physically near other humans and i've struggled with not having much yeah. of that recently i don't yeah, you're not bothered <laughs> i'm not bothered i mean i i miss the camaraderie of being in an office Right, 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 right. But I'm not really bothered anymore. I've been doing oh. I've been doing um, remote working for so long that. Yeah, you've got really good at working from home. But, yeah, um, well, I think so. Yeah, there's um, for me, my life definitely needs to include a significant amount of being in the same room as other actual people. Yeah, yeah. This conference has always been incredibly exciting to me because there's some incredibly smart people. Uh, go there and it's such fun having a conversation in the hotel bar until late about you know deep code stuff that most people don't want to listen to me waffle on about yeah well plenty of people there would be very interested in it is that it that's it that's it 
Thank you very much. That was good fun. Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye.